Roundtable. Insight into the world of sports, all from a distinctly Canadian perspective. Vibe 105. Hey everybody, this is Giancarlo Lino and Michael Asifo reporting for Vibe 105. And uh, this is our first roundtable here on our sports page on our YouTube. Uh, we had to let that marinate a little bit on the Toronto Maple Leafs because uh, they went out again. This time was the second round. A lot better than uh, the last few years was the first round exits. But Michael, uh, I'll start off with this. What do you think went wrong for this team? And should management really be to blame here? Um, they finally got out of the first round, which is, you know, positive. Like, you know, yay. <laughs> like baby steps, right? They're, they're, making, they're making their way in baby steps. But it just wasn't meant to be. Like, And I think, you know, if you were to, to, to ask, like, any hockey expert, like, could the Leafs have played better? Maybe there was a couple things here and there, but would you say they played bad and should have went out in five? No, I, I honestly think like they were on par with the Florida Panthers, but you know, a goal here, a goal there kind of set them apart. Um, or fortunately, unfortunately for the Leafs and fortunately for Florida, when you have a good goalie, they can change Oh, right now, Bobrovsky is really hot. Um, you know, 51 saves. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, 51 <laughs> saves. Who does that? <laughs> right. um, and it, it's, it's unfortunate. But, yeah, like, you know, there's going to be some soul searching to do for the offseason. A lot of golfing. A lot of fishing. But also a lot of, like, actual, like, meetings and boardrooms. It's an interesting thing because, like, the NHL, like, Kyle Dubas did a lot. He uh, had all the resources there. They actually did salary cap maneuvering there with the Ryan O'Reilly trade, how he got another team to take some cap and another percentage. So, like, when it comes down to this, does the NHL really need to look at changing some of the rules, add a luxury tax? Like, you see some teams like Arizona Coyotes who they're playing in a 5,000-seat arena for the next few years, and sometimes it looks like they can't fill it out. Like, that team could use some extra funding, and a luxury tax would probably do it. Like, should they finally adapt with the times and uh, follow the NBA's uh, whole model there? Because it seems to be working for them. Well, it's, it's not just the NBA. Like, every major organization has some sort of luxury tax. Um, you know, and I would probably say it's time. It's just that, unfortunately, you do have teams like you mentioned, Arizona, who are, you know, and, and I I say this respectfully, are a disgrace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, look, <laughs> you can't have – and. I, do you remember a couple a couple years back when they talked about the story of like the change room was like the drapes that you get at the banquet hall, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and you, you, you have they have to like they have to change by the drapes, like and it's a five thousand seat arena. Like for point of reference, like fights I fights I competed in have have five thousand seat arenas. You know what I'm saying? Like. And that, you know, you do have to like that who, like, clearly are going to be hemorrhaging money because then if you introduce a luxury tax, right, um, you're going to have teams like the Leafs who are ready, willing, and able to go way over the cap to pay that luxury tax to get a Stanley Cup, uh, no matter how much return makes. And then you're going to have teams like Phoenix who will sell off whatever they can for which is sad. So, so you do have 
mean, like you could have, have some sort of the way because you do limit a GM's ability to kind of, um, you know, work with the green light he has, right? Like they're, I, I'm convinced all Toronto, Boston, Detroit, you could throw in there, um, Vancouver. No, actually not with the Aquilinis, maybe not. But like everybody else, I think would have would have definitely thrown the thrown the truck at a lot of players because they deserve it, right? And so, but I, I can see why Arizona and teams like there are a couple out there, but there's a lot. There's a couple teams out there that, unfortunately, just when you introduce the Luxury tax. Um, there's a lot of problems, um, and my reaction to them would be sell the team. But you know, Gary's not selling Arizona. He'll, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Arizona can have one one fan who comes in for free every week, like every game, and it could be the only fan in all of Arizona who watches the Coyotes, and they'll he'll scope through them in. But it's like they're yeah, doing that's, well. That's, that's a success. Thing. One fan is more than none, so that's a successful year. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the good Lord says when there's two or more in the presence. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I do, I do understand where Gary is coming from. Um, you know, I, well, I do understand where the league is coming from, but I just think that like, you know, move the team. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, a Canadian team. Like I'm not saying, Hey, move him back to Quebec city. Well, not move him back, but move him to Quebec city. I'm not saying that, but I am saying, um, you know, there are clearly a lot of organizations, a lot of uh, cities who would want one, right? We don't have a Cleveland. We don't have a Cleveland uh, hockey team. I think Cleveland could work. Like, you know, yeah. why not? But neither here nor there. Yeah, Houston too. Like, Houston. that's a market where they have so much potential. It's just like whether they want to commit to it. Cause like they see what happened with uh, Winnipeg. They already moved them Atlanta twice. They lost two teams. So yeah, can't go back there. So it's one of those things. Like I- I'm with you. I think the Leafs, like you look at what MLSC has done with the Raptors, like they're committed. They got Kawhi Leonard, that contract, even though they knew he wasn't going to play the whole year, won him a championship. You just look at uh TFC, what they did. They spent $15 yeah. million dollars on Insigne He's not even playing half the time sometimes. And uh, now I think the least, if you give him that opportunity, I think Rogers would pull into our uh, wireless fund. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at a $250 million cap hit if uh, the least yeah. were in charge of running the salary cap and the luxury tax. Yeah. No, like, I think that's, that's actually a very good point. If you think about what they've done for the Raptors and for TFC and they're still making money, imagine, imagine what they would do for the Leafs, the crown jewel of MLSC. Like, you know, come on. It's not a question. And uh, let's transition a little bit here. Uh, The NBA playoffs has been another story, and I want to get your take on this because LeBron, Steph Curry, they've had their battles in the playoffs. Now LeBron's going to be the one that gets an opportunity to go to the final, maybe win the fifth ring. You know, the narrative is going to come up again, that conversation about LeBron, MJ. Uh, do you think that's just a way for them to sell it, to uh, get some of the ratings up, or are they trying to push it a little too much there with MJ? Well, 
I, I mean, did you hear that story about how the producers of The Last Dance will be following LeBron for the next couple, like maybe not the next couple of years, but for sure um, next year or somewhere along those lines um, yeah. because they want to get footage for the eventual documentary? Um, look, I, I think if you're going to, I, I, what I will say is this. If you think Michael Jordan is the best player to have ever played in the league, LeBron's fifth ring is not going to change that, and probably not his sixth, right? If you think LeBron is the best player to have ever played the game, nothing nothing really is going to change LeBron's legacy for you to say otherwise, barring some sort of like huge decline like some sort of like weird like unexplainable like embarrasses himself um final finals appearance like i i think that's the the only way i can really see it so i think um, i think a lot of this comes down to they know people are setting their ways but they know people are annoyed when they hear the argument and annoyance brings cash Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I heard someone always once said it to me. It's like, you know, with sports teams, you don't want to. It's not the hate or the anger of a team from their fans that gets that, that you should be worried about. It's when the, the fans become apathetic. Right. When 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 you hear ap- apathy when it comes to something, that's when you should be in trouble. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but right now, there's no apathy when it comes to the MJ versus LeBron debate. It is it is hatred almost. No, not, not even hatred. I would say disdain for the other side. Um, you know, and I, I definitely see a lot of it seep into kind of narratives regarding like how they carry themselves off the court, which I think is weird and stupid, and you should stop doing that if you're one of those people who say who do that. But I think um, right now it's just a way to build up money, and it's working. Yeah, they're going to generate a solid TV rating. But looking on the other side there, like Jokic on uh, Denver is in an interesting spot. This is a guy there, finally that top seed. He's finally, uh, looks like he has a supporting cast now. Jamal Murray's back to health, and... They can make a run here, and it looks like he's going to be uh, the second fiddle in the ratings here, or just the promotion. They're all going to be promoting LeBron and AD, mostly LeBron, but do you think it's unfair on Jokic, an MVP guy coming in here and uh, having this, or if he wins, does it add to his legacy that he went through uh, LeBron, even though he's older? Um, No, I, I think the real people know Jokic is like you know that good. Um, he's a two-time MVP. I would still have given it to Embiid if it, the vote was up to me, just based on the defensive prowess Embiid have, but he was close this year. So that was almost a three-time MVP with and consecutive, right? So people know he's really that good, and people know that the only, really, oh, the only thing stopping him is that he doesn't really – his support cast – um, you know, is either not really there or they break a leg somehow, um, you know, and that, that's no disrespect to Jamal Murray. It happens and, 
it's unfortunate that that did happen to Jamal Murray where he really wasn't himself. Um, but now he does have kind of a good supporting cast with him. Aaron Gordon has shown himself to be capable. Um, I've known Michael, well, not known, but I've followed Michael Porter Jr. since he was 17 years old. So, you know, you know the character that he brings and it's finally good to see that he's healthy and playing, um, you know, and, and yeah, like I think uh, guys like Contavious Caldwell Pope, good additions. Um, Jeff Green is on this team, I believe, and he's also a good addition. So you're getting you're getting a good supporting cast with Jokic, um, and the real ones know that Jokic is the guy. I just think that unfortunately, when your game is not that flashy, um, and we we see it with with a lot of guys in this league, right? When your game is just not that flashy, um, you're not necessarily going to be selling a lot of jerseys, um, you know. And, and there is a little bit of that question of like, does race have a, a part to play in it too? Um, I would probably say no in this instance, um, but you know, I I, I think I do think you know, unfortunately, his game is just not necessarily. Um, appealing to the casual fan, and that's why he's the, the second fiddle to a lot of casuals. But the real MVP, the real NBA hardcore is no. Jokic is the guy. He's that good, and you're getting a good series. Just speaking of, because uh, we talked about LeBron earlier, so I have to bring up this name. I feel so bad. Uh, Chris Paul. It's another year where he has KD now, Devin Booker. They're all like all guns blazing there. And for whatever reason, they couldn't get the job done. And now there's already talk that he might even be moved. Like if you're Chris Paul, you got to go to the front office and demand like at least a destination to be appealing because he was a guy. He went to OKC from Houston. And after he got traded to a team like Phoenix, who was kind of still in the midst of a rebuild to become that playoff uh, perennial contender. So like if you're Chris Paul, like what are you doing now? Yeah. No, it's, it, it, it's sad because unfortunately, um, you know, Chris Paul should go down as one of the greatest point guards to have ever played the game of basketball. Um, but be it that there's roster mismanagement, um, some untimely injuries, uh, some poor performances that, you know, in hindsight, like that are backbreaking to a team. He just never really got that playoff success, despite his numbers showing that he is actually a good playoff performer. Um, this narrative that, you know, he's, he's not good in the playoffs is a lie. Um, and I wouldn't even say like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a misinterpretation. No, no, no. It's a lie. Um, but unfortunately, you know, it, it goes to show you how much luck matters. Like Kawhi Leonard wins an NBA championship with Toronto as the main guy. Um, but let's be honest, if maybe KD doesn't hurt his Achilles, if maybe Clay Thompson's knee doesn't give out on him, um, you know, if LeBron maybe stays in Cleveland and Kyrie stayed in Cleveland, like situational stuff, right? Whereas Chris Paul, he had to deal with the the five-headed monster that was the Golden State Warriors. He had to, excuse me, he had to deal with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, you know, he had a groin injury a couple of times. Um, during, 
after a really good game against the Golden State Warriors, I had that four-headed monster um, in Steph, Dre, Steph, Clay, KD, and Draymond. He blew up his hamstring. Um, it, it's unfortunate because it's like, you know, those are clearly unlucky things, but those are things that unfortunately when you when you open the book of Chris Paul's legacy, he's going to be one of those guys who never won a championship um, because of those things. Um, now, there's still time. Like, if, let's say, Chris Paul goes to, uh, you know, insert team here, and next year that team wins a championship and he's a contributor on that team, everyone forgets everything. He is a champion. He's won. It's like the Ray Bork syndrome, right? Ray Bork, Ray Bork didn't win a damn thing until he was like old and gray one in now everyone forgets all of a sudden Ray Bork is one of the greatest to ever do it <laughs> uh, you know so I, there's still time for that you know I think he's still got a couple good years left in him but unfortunately it does look like he's just going to be one of those guys who was just really unlucky and didn't win the championship yeah. and it's uh, unfortunate because like I remember that year where that trade, it looked like he was going to be a Laker, him and Kobe. The league vetoed that. So that's one of the most that's unfortunate things that yeah. I wish uh, didn't happen. Can you imagine like him and Kobe together that year? Like Kobe was still playing really well, and then they vetoed that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another one, right? Like Kobe, Kobe pre-Achilles Kobe, pre-Achilles injury Kobe, um, Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum, Melville Peace. And Chris Paul would have been added to that lineup. And then all of a sudden, David Stern says, no, 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 no. Um, you know, and I get it. May he rest in peace, David Stern. And may he rest in peace, Kobe. Um, because, like, I understand the wisdom behind it. At that time, a lot of teams were kind of loading up, let's say. And I and if you have the ability to control, and at the time, he had the ability to control the, we talked about this off air, there was a period of time where the league actually controlled the New Orleans Hornets. Well, Pelicans now. So they actually had the ability to kind of veto trades that the Pelicans had and made, and they felt this one was a little ridiculous. And so they actually swept that through. Um, you know, sorry, uh, sorry to cut you off on that one, but I do remember oh, no, but that's another one that, that speaks to that point, right? Where it's like, you know, unfortunately he's just, it sucks, but he's just unlucky. It just happens sometimes. Like how many, you know, it's, it's weird. Cause it's like, how many, how many players would have won a championship if MJ didn't exist? You know? Oh, there's so uh, many. Like poor, poor Charles Barkley, poor Patrick Ewing, you know, poor gee, Oh my goodness. There's so many guys like, you know, imagine Clyde didn't go on the Houston Rockets. What would have happened then? Um, it's so, you know, it, it, it just sucks. Like, uh, man, Alonzo almost didn't get to win one, but now he technically did with the Heat in 04. So it's just, it just be like that sometimes. Reggie never got to win one. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Dream Team teammates, too. I stocked in him alone. Those are That's two other one. ones. Oh, Malone deserves Malone deserves Yeah, it. That's good. That's, yeah. Really, like if you watch uh, the NBA or do a Wikipedia search, uh, you'll find out your answer there. But yeah. <laughs> there's uh, even like Gary Payton and Kemp, like yeah. Michael Jordan. I think people forget, like, like they always to say that narrative. Oh yeah, he didn't play the same level of competition as LeBron. 
like go look at some of those teams that's like yeah. Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer defender too in that era. Yeah, right. Like you know, no one ever talks about. But remember Alvin Robinson? Like, yeah, played the same position. One of the best defenders of all time. Guarded Jordan a lot, and no one talks about how Michael Jordan would torture him. So like, it's it's you know, it, I I just think that um, you know, but that goes back to the LeBron and MJ thing. I think like unfortunately like people will will make narratives because they're on one side, right? And and no matter what you say, unfortunately, nothing will change it. Unless Michael Jordan were to come back today at like whatever age, put the cigar down and start dropping buckets and win a championship. You know, your opinions on if MJ or LeBron just don't change. It won't change. And uh, we'll do one more uh, topic here uh, as we run out to half hour but a big sport you're into here uh, you're also competing at it professionally mma the ufc uh is known to have some returns after once in a while a few years off like gsp did it he showed mm-hmm. that he can still win henry cejudo uh wasn't able to follow that same uh path there and win the title taking on Aljamain sterling now that a week has passed like was this a controversial decision like I know debatable there, the fifth round, Henry Cejudo lost it on one of the scorecards. And if that judge gave it to him, he's a new champ right now. So what do you think of just the way the fight played out? And is it a robbery? Like maybe some people say. I, I, I think the result isn't a robbery. I think some of those judges scorecards though, were very concerning. Um, Two things can be true at once. Like, cause I personally gave Aljo rounds one, three, four. I gave Henry rounds two and five. If someone said to me, they gave Henry two, three, five, I wouldn't, I disagree, but I wouldn't get mad. Like, I don't think it's super egregious, right? If someone said they gave Henry one, two, five, I, I'd agree a little more, but I wouldn't get too mad. Um, but if someone said, I think Aljo won, one's round uh, rounds let's say two three four five i'd be just i'd be i'd spin their face right so i'm not mad at the result but i do think there does need to be a legitimate discussion on well judging yeah but i also think like part of it is is that we tell judges hey you get one angle to look at a fight which is like anti-view, left side, looking up that way, through a cage, right? So there's mesh, and you get one look. You don't get any instant replay. They do get a monitor now, which is cool. Like, now they're getting monitors, so they actually can take a look at monitor. Uh, so, like, if they need a closer look at stuff, it's fine. But then why do you have, why do you have them there? If they really yeah. monitor, right? And, I, and so I think they don't get any instant replay, right? They don't get to like change their mind about a round uh, midway, and I get why. I understand the the, the legalities and and idiosyncrasies as to why that's the case. But like, it's it's unfortunate because because they're under such a constraint, mistakes are going to happen. You can get you can get really good people out there, and mistakes are going to happen. Oh, and by the way, people judge things differently. Like if. If I were to take a look around 
And some of my other MMA, professional MMA colleagues, where you take a look at a round, we'd have both differing opinions, right? Um, here's a good example. Uh, round five between TJ Dillashaw and Corey Sanhagen, I gave it to Dillashaw initially, but other people didn't. I watched it back and I was like, oh, I, I, I should give it to, to Corey Sanhagen. But you know who the judges gave round five to? Dillashaw. Why? Because he was pressuring him more. And so when you circle it back to this one, um, I, I do think the judges were definitely after depth and judging was actually a problem the entire night, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah. But um, I, the result, I think it came to a good result when it, when it was all said and done. It's interesting now, too, because like Suhudo, it looked like he was going to retire there. He had the gloves, he was taking them off. And I think everything that was happening, like Chael Sonnen, I heard say this, like he changed his mind, which could be true because it looked like he had the gloves off. He said he didn't know if he was going to fight again. And then all of a sudden he had a moment to think about it. The press conference happens and everyone's throwing Brandon Moreno out there talking about featherweight, like. I know it sounds crazy, but do you think he actually goes up to featherweight? Like, I don't know why I saw Brett Okamoto tweet this him versus Max Holloway because of their situation. Like, can you imagine that? Um, no, like, not featherweight. He's too small. Um, I mean, like, it, it's interesting though because Volkanovski I thought would have gotten mauled by Makachev, and then you know they go out and have the fight, and that's and that's why you fight the fights, right? Um, so who's to say that, you know, somehow, uh, so Udo can't beat Max Holloway, like, you know, it, it could happen, but I do think Henry will fight again. I just think that his place is 135 now. And, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a ton of good fights for him. Like never mind Marab, the, um, but Peter Jan or Peter Jan, um, I like Arnold Allen. Oh wait, Arnold Allen is uh is is featherweight. Um, but there, there's a lot of guys I like in, in 135 who are who are solid, good fighters. Um, oh, Rob Font, Marlon Weiss. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, geez, if Dominic Cruz decides he wants to do one more, why not? Why not a rematch? Why not a rematch? Right. So. Um, there, I think there's a there's a lot of good potential fights at 135 that he can go to without having to make that jump. You know, I think it would give the UFC a freak show though. Like do like those old school like pride fights. Like you have Henry Cejudo. He was talking about August 19th because it was like the gold medal. Like just imagine what they would be able to do. Build it up as like David versus Goliath. The day he wins the Olympic gold medal 15 years later takes on Max Holloway. I don't know. I think they have a, a thing there. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually like go in that direction if uh, Marab can't fight Henry. And uh, I think that's yeah. a good way. If he wants to get that title shot, if he beats Holloway, like we saw Frankie Edgar fight at lightweight, and those guys down back then were cutting like from 180, 175 to make it. So there's just something about Henry Cejudo. I don't want to count it out. Cause I remember when he moved up to fight Marais, I thought Marais was going to just run through him and he ends up winning the title. So yeah. because of that, I, there's a, some part of me that thinks he would actually have a chance against Max Holloway, a slim chance, not a, a huge one. Um, look at like, you know, you fight the fights and I agree with you, you fight the fights, right. But 
Um, I just, I just back then in the UFC, like use the example of the uh, Frank Edgar, like you know, you had a ton of guys who couldn't necessarily go to a lower division because lightweight was the uh, the lowest you had. Um, there was also the issue. There was also the thing that like guys were a lot smaller from a length and height perspective in their division. So while they were stockier, um, they were a lot, they weren't as tall. They weren't as long and not even as technical. Like I was looking at some of those fights and again, like, um, you know, those are our pioneers. Those are the guys that need to be respected. You go to every seminar they have because they have some tricks that you should learn. Um, but guys are so much faster, so much more athletic now. Use their length so much better. So, like, having, like, Zahudo go up to 45 is really tough. Definitely. Well, end it on that note. But before we uh, go there, I'm just going to share our YouTube page pull this up just uh hopefully everyone subscribes here uh there it is we're live right there uh if you want to see us more of us uh our content is all up there uh michael your interview there to bath of baby shark Ricci's up there uh the wow. most recent stuff with craig lieberman's up there so uh, our vibe listeners vibe 105 to sports follow us on social media at vibe 105 underscore sports on instagram twitter and facebook at vibe 105 sports uh michael this was fun we've got aaron on the next round table we do hopefully uh maybe we'll do this every month type of thing we'll uh yeah recap what's going on in sports but to our vibe listeners uh we'll be back next time take care peace 5105